The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So I always feel a little bit anxious when I don't have a guest, and that's the case today. I decided to fly solo today and do the show by myself. And the topic I'd like to speak on today is um, the question of hope or fear and how you choose to live your life. Now, at any given time, I can be known to live out of either of those two, and I thought I would spend a bit of time talking about that a little bit more with you. As always, I welcome your calls if you'd like to join me in this conversation at one 346 9141 and um, I've been thinking a lot about this concept of hope and fear in the context of some things that have happened recently here in Canada. And so, uh, as many of you know, I am Canadian, and so I thought I'd bring a, a Canadian news um, perspective to the topic of hope or fear. So today there is a municipal election here in Toronto, where I live, the city where I live. And for many of us, um, we are trying to decide which lens to look through as we cast our vote for a new mayor. Now, some of you may have heard of our current mayor. His name is Rob Ford, and he has given um, Toronto a lot of uh, exposure and not necessarily of the most positive type over the past months with his um, comments, his actions, stories about him, things that he's done and said. We don't need to go over the details here, but suffice it to say, he hasn't cast Toronto in the most positive light, uh, and he certainly hasn't cast himself in a very positive light. And so the choices for mayor today, uh, there are, I believe there are about 20 names on the roster. I haven't voted yet. I'm going to do that after the show today. But there are three top contenders, and one of them is our current mayor's brother. Uh, Our mayor, unfortunately, is very ill at the moment and can't stand for election, so his brother decided to stand in his spot. Uh, And I know that there are many in Toronto who just don't want anyone from that family in power in Toronto uh, after today. Then there are two other contenders. Uh, One is John Tory and the other is Olivia Chow. Now, 
my, my sons were asking me, my, my children were asking me, Mom, who are you going to vote for? And I said to them, well, you know, I really don't want Doug Ford to be the mayor because his brother has done such a, a terrific job of making us look like uh, a crazy place <laughs> that I don't want that. And um, so I think my best bet is to vote for John Tory because that way I'll be sure that Doug Ford doesn't actually get elected. That was my thinking at the time. And by the way, I'm not talking about this so that you can uh, follow my lead on who to vote for. I, I only want to trace through my thought process. The, the thing is, John Tory doesn't actually represent the things that I'm most interested in. The other candidate, Olivia Chow, does. And um, she's not doing as well in the opinion polls as John Tory is. And so it really feels like the choice is to vote against Doug Ford requires a vote for John Tory. This was the conversation my kids and I had about a week ago. And I said to them, I don't like that I'm even thinking it, about it this way because this is a fear-based decision. I am saying I don't want... Doug, therefore I'm going to vote for John, um, and John isn't even who I would have voted for if I could have chosen out of hope. Which brings me to the topic at hand. Am I choosing to live my life out of hope or fear? And if I am choosing to live out of fear, then I'm going to vote against Doug by voting for John. Since that day, my children have challenged me to uh, operate in accordance with what I a spouse, which is operating out of hope. And so I, uh, to operate out of hope in this choice would mean that I vote for the candidate whom I believe best represents my interests, best aligns with my philosophy, who I think will be the best leader for this city. And that is actually, in my opinion, Olivia Chow. And so I am left to decide, do I want to vote out of hope or fear? And I'm leaning towards hope in this moment. And I'm pretty sure that at three o'clock when I head over to the polls, to the polling station, that's, that's how I'm going to be choosing. Again, I don't share this because I want to engage in a political conversation with you more that I want to illustrate the point. And, and the point is we always have a choice. We have a choice as to how to live our lives. And not, um, one isn't necessarily better than the other, although I think that I would rather choose hope more often than fear. Uh, they do play out in very different ways. But the thing that they have in common is they serve to bring us more of something. And when I, when I choose out of hope, I'm more likely to bring myself closer towards something that I care about because that's what hope is motivated by. That's what hope is fueled by. It's fueled by passion and caring about something and something that really matters. It's fueled by a desire to create something that is so important to me that I do anything to make it happen. That's what fuels hope is passion. And what fuels fear is anxiety. Uh, it kind of looks like this. I, I don't want this, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to take action um, based on a desire to move away from something that I don't want. The funny thing is, the more action I take uh, towards moving away from something I don't want, yes, there's a double negative there, so it takes a minute to get your head around it, uh, the more likely I am to bring more of what I don't want into being. Because we're powerful creators, and we end up creating whatever we focus on. If I focus on what I want, and what I care about, and what I'm passionate about, I'm more likely to bring that into being. If I focus on what I don't want, what I don't like, I'm more likely to bring that into being. 
And so that's really the energy that, that um, we expend in, in either the direction of hope or fear serves to bring us more of what we're focusing on. Now, extraordinary leaders know this and they use it to their advantage. And I've been playing with this ever since I learned about it, which was, uh, I think I've known about this for about eight years now, since I consciously became aware of how these two structures or choices or energetic life stances play out. So uh, that's what's happening today in Toronto. Um, there are two other current events that I that have uh, fueled my passion to talk about this question of hope or fear. One is that last week, as as I'm sure uh, all of you heard, there was a shooting in Ottawa, uh, the nation's capital, capital of Canada. And this is not a normal circumstance for us in Canada. We are uh, not a nation that is gun-loving. Uh, we do not experience a great deal of that kind of violence here. And so it was a big shock to everyone when um, a lone gun person uh, shot and killed a soldier, a young soldier at the National War Memorial in Ottawa and then proceeded to the parliament buildings where he was subsequently shot um, by our sergeant at arms. So it was, it was quite a um, dramatic day and very frightening for all of those involved, very, very sad for the families involved. And my heart goes out to both both families. Um, just a tremendously difficult day for all of us, for all of us here in Canada, but especially for those two families. Um, what I noticed about that was I happened to be working with uh, the kids at the elementary school where I uh, run my Power Circles for Kids program. And what I noticed was the that happened last week on Wednesday, and I was at the school on Friday. On Friday, the kids were very concerned about their safety. The, the media and the, the reports about this incident were very, as I said, it was a dramatic and shocking and, and awful day for Canadians. And it really had an impact on our children. Uh, they all spoke about, they, they may not have spoken directly about the incident, but when I asked them what really mattered to them, their answers more often than not on Friday were family, safety, security. Uh, a lot of them expressed their gratitude for for being safe. And then when I asked them what would they want to change in the world, um, they also talked about wanting to keep things safe, keep themselves and their families safe. And so I think that there was a great deal of fear that was generated by that incident. And and it's easy, it's human nature. I suppose, to extrapolate and say, okay, well, if that happened, then we have to be more fearful now because that could happen again. Um, and I want us to remember that it's probably an isolated incident. Uh, there were two incidences in Canada last week, one the day before, um, and the details I, I don't want to speak to because I, I might get them wrong. I just know from the news reports another military personnel was also killed, not in Ottawa, but elsewhere. And it would be easy to say, okay, it happened twice in two days, therefore, you know, we need to really be careful now, we need to be really fearful. I really want to choose hope. I want to choose hope. I don't want to um, pretend that what happened didn't happen. I don't want to think it away or deny it. I think it's important for us to delve fully into the feelings um, and uh, and the concerns that it raises, and then I want us to choose hope. And so I'm, I'm choosing to live my life from that perspective. 
what I did the day after that this incident happened in Ottawa was I, I chose that morning, the next morning, to go for a walk. And I chose to focus on what was so um, wonderful and perfect and beautiful about my city and my country at that time. And I was telling my engineer on the show, Kevin, today, that um, what I love about Toronto at this time of year is that everything is in color. Everything is, the leaves are changing color. The colors are gorgeous. There are still leaves on the trees. They're orange and red and, and different deep shades of those colors and yellow. But there are also leaves on the ground, and that just makes this beautiful canopy that we can walk on. Um, there's a beautiful flower garden near my home, so I chose to walk to that flower garden. And while I was there, I came across a gentleman who I often see in the park who watches the birds. He's, he's a bird watcher, and I was able to have a, a nice chat with him. I took a picture of him in front of this beautiful tree with his binoculars looking at the birds, and I posted that on my Facebook page that day. You can go, go check it out if you like, because I, I wanted to focus on hope and what I love and what I'm grateful for and what is so wonderful that is here right now. It would be so easy to be consumed by fear. And I I said, no, today I choose hope. So that led me to thinking about the show today and what I wanted to talk about and how I might structure this. So all of that as a, a very long intro into the topic of hope or fear, I thought I would actually do it like this. I've I've selected some poems. Those of you who have ever met me in person know that I walk around with a huge stack of, of um, quotes and poetry and other pieces of writing that I think are inspirational or, or um, meaningful. I have this huge package. Pretty soon I'm going to have to get it um, put into a binder or something because it's so big. There's maybe 100 or 150 pages of poetry that I that I carry around with me. And I thought I would just pull out a few that were most meaningful to me today to help to tell, I guess, a bit of my story. Um, Stories from the Heart of Leadership is about stories about regular humans and and leadership from the small l perspective so i figured why not why not talk about my own story so uh from now to the break i'll sort of outline what what i've been thinking about and then when we come back i'll dive into it in a bit more detail i've been having a bit of a rough time lately I've had, uh, I've experienced some indifference, I've experienced some rejection, I've experienced some critiques and some criticism of my work and my message, um, maybe my delivery more so than my message, and that's been unusual. That's, that's not the way that I usually experience myself and it's not the kind of feedback that I normally get. And so it's been a bit disheartening. It's uh, it, it could have it, it has the potential to generate some fear. It certainly has generated some doubt in me as I've taken that in. And I thought I would share what I've been learning recently um, through that lens, through the lens of hope and fear, and through the lens of my own story. Uh, I thought I'd begin with a poem from Mark Nepo, not a poem, a reading from Mark Nepo from his book, 7,000 Ways to Listen. And those of you who are regular listeners, you've heard me quote this piece before. But uh, Mark Nepo says, there are three covenants that keep us us engaged in the work of love. Uh, Number one, when we see something true and beautiful in someone, 
It is the work of love to create conditions by which what is true and beautiful in all we behold can grow and blossom, bringing forth its deepest nature. And I really believe that the work that um, that I and other coaches and um, leadership consultants do is is that work. Uh, the work of love, his second covenant, the work of love depends on giving others, especially young people, a sense of safety in the world, nurturing their confidence to lean into life and the unknown. And I feel so blessed to do work with kids, to do my Power Circles with Kids program. And I feel like I'm living that covenant uh, when I work with them and that we're, we're doing that together. We're giving each other a, a sense of confidence and resilience and the ability to navigate well. And then number three, the third, Mark Nepo's third covenant of love, to keep each other company when we're drowning in our experience and awash in our feelings until it can right size, until our experience and feelings can once again sustain us. And that's really why we're talking about hope and fear, because uh, when we get overwhelmed by our fear uh, and doubt and our, um, it, our experience kind of carries us off center, we need to find ways to stay present until we can come back to center. And that includes, uh, especially for those of us who work in the human development uh, realm, as I do, being able to stand beside another person and stay with them while, that, that while they're in the midst of that experience and stay with them as they come back to center. So that's how I thought I'd begin. And we're about to go to a break. Uh, when we come back, more from me, your host, Shamin Sadiq, on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Our topic today is hope or fear. And I will share more about my thinking about this uh, when we return. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening 
listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you'd like to join me in the conversation today about hope or fear, please give me a call at 1-888-346-9141. Love to chat with you about this topic as I continue uh, to talk with you about what I've been learning about this over the last few, I'd say the last few months maybe, and more specifically the last few weeks. So before we jump back in, let me take a moment to acknowledge my two sponsors, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden. And there's a link to this, uh, the story about what I've been learning about myself. And that is that um, the, I do the work of, of holding space with my clients to um, watch and, and witness and stay by their side as they right-size themselves, as they navigate through life. And I, too, have people who hold and stand by me in those ways. And Jim and Dan are two of my uh, two members of my personal uh, support circle, but I have others as well. Um, Deborah McRae, who you've heard on the show before, as well as uh, a ton of um, other colleagues and friends who I know I can count on, uh, especially when things are hard, but also when things are great. So Jim and Dan, my two sponsors, if you would like to learn more about either of them or purchase their books, you can find Jim at fit2lead.com. That's F-I-T-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. And you can find Dan at danielholdenassociates.com. And both of these guys are just um, the best, just awesome. And I'm so, so appreciative of their support for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Uh, Speaking of that, one day Jim called me up and he said, you know, I just listened to your show. I can't remember which one it was, but it was uh, it was the previous show a few months ago, and he said, "Is anybody is anybody paying attention? Like, do they realize over there at Voice America what a message of hope you have to offer?" And I said, "I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure." <laughs> I said, uh, "What do you mean? Say more about that." And he said. If you listen to a lot of the the radio that's available out there, he said it's so negative. It's so um, much about riling people up and and having people sort of oppose certain things or take opposition and take a stand against something. Your show, he said, it's it's so hopeful. It's about hope. It's about the best in in people, and it's about joining and community and and really uh, coming together. And I I really appreciated what he said. There, you know, sometimes, well, I don't know if this is true for you, but I'm going to say it as if it is. Sometimes you do things unconsciously. You, you do things without realizing that that's what you're doing. And I had, I had not really acknowledged to myself that that's what this show is about and that's what it is for me. And um, the other thing that this show is about for me that is so important to me is that we know that we're not the only ones. And I guess that's why I'm so committed to sharing my internal process with you live on the radio, on internet radio, and live and in the moment, is because I want you to know that um, if you're experiencing anything like what I am, that you're not the only one, I guess, to put it simply, but also to recognize that it's easy to project onto people who 
teach or who have a radio show or who have a blog, it's easy to project onto them that they must be perfect, that there must be nothing troubling them, that they must sort of sail through life so easily without a care in the world. And that is just not true. Just not true. And I'm the first one to put up my hand and say, hey, I struggle. I struggle with everything that I teach. I struggle with it myself personally. I'm a work in progress and I'm by no means perfect. So um, one day I decided to uh, to pick up my Hafiz uh, journal uh, poetry book of Hafiz poems. Hafiz is a, a mystic who, oh gosh, I don't even want to try and say when, when he wrote, but anyway, uh, maybe a contemporary of Rumi's, but way back long ago. And um, I was reading a translated poem uh, from a book called The Gift. It was translated by Daniel Ladinsky, and it's called, it's called Tired of Speaking Sweetly. And I, I want to read it to you. Uh, so this is what Hafiz says in Tired of Speaking Sweetly. Love wants to reach out and manhandle us. Break all our teacup talk of God. If you had the courage and could give the beloved his choice, some nights he would just drag you around the room by your hair, ripping from your grip all those toys in the world that bring you no joy. Love sometimes gets tired of speaking sweetly and wants to rip to shreds all your erroneous notions of truth that make you fight within yourself, dear one, and with others, causing the world to weep on too many fine days. God wants to manhandle us, lock us inside of a tiny room with himself and practice his dropkick. The beloved sometimes wants to do us a great favor, hold us upside down and shake all the nonsense out. But when we hear he's in such a playful drunken mood, most everyone I know quickly packs their bags and hightails it out of town. I just love that. I love that. And I feel like that's the experience I've been having recently. See, when I decided that this was the work I wanted to do, I, I kind of set it in motion and it, it really took off and things really progressed very rapidly and very smoothly. Uh, and I began to build the, the type of life that I wanted and the type of practice that I wanted and the type of relationships that I wanted with my children and my family. And it seemed to come together quite easily. And I was kind of coasting along for a while thinking, oh, isn't this great? Everything's so good. Everything's kind of ticking along. And in the last few months, I feel like this this drop kicking has happened, that God put me in a little room and practiced drop kicking me around and shaking me upside down to get all the nonsense out. Um, so there's been the, all the things that I'm most afraid of have happened. Uh, I, I've been afraid of indifference. I, I To be... To be thought of with indifference well that doesn't mean that's not even possible but to have someone be indifferent towards me uh, was one of the things that I was really afraid of and also to feel criticized to have people actually say we didn't like you we didn't like what you did uh, we don't agree with you you were inappropriate these things have happened to me in the last few weeks and um it's hard. It's really, really hard. And so I feel like I've been in this very messy place. And I wrote a poem once years ago about this messiness, this confusion. So I must have, I must have lived through this before. It's just that I'm having a, a new experience of it recently. But I wrote a poem called Tangle of Emotions that I wanted to share with you. It, it was one day I was walking in the woods. Um, 
and I took some pictures of some trees, and each of these trees had a poem that came with it. I, I don't really know where these poems came from. They kind of downloaded themselves into my mind, into my heart, and then onto the page. And so the, if I could show you this picture, I would, but um, you can email me and I'll send it to you if you like. It's a picture of a tree that has all these branches, almost like a vine kind of uh, growth wrapping around it and I called the tree tangle of emotions and the poem goes like this confused exhausted by the tangled emotions in my heart I try to breathe in space so that clarity can be found then I realize that clarity and order are illusions look at the beauty of this messiness it is worthy of love and so I try to remember in these messy times, in these difficult times, in these times when I feel like life is getting shaken out of me, um, that this messiness is beautiful too, that this messiness has a place. And that place is a place that is okay to inhabit. And I try to remember as well that it's not going to feel like this forever. And so when I got this feedback uh, about my work, uh, for I'll use I'll use some work examples first. Um, I got some feedback that I was harsh, and I just couldn't I couldn't believe it because harsh is something I've never never thought about myself. I, I think I, if anything, I've been too gentle and sweet, uh, but apparently I've been harsh too. And um, as well, I I got some very low scores. I think I mentioned this last week when we were talking about failure on the show. I got some low scores on some some work that I delivered recently and there was it raised a lot of doubt in me it it made me ask myself you know what am I doing am I supposed to be doing this if they don't like it does it mean I shouldn't be doing this does it mean that I'm not good at it does it mean that I'm somehow flawed bad wrong or not valuable and in the moment when the feedback came that is how I felt I actually did feel that. I felt this burst in my heart, like a heartbreaking or a heart um, burning kind of sensation. And those thoughts went along with that feeling. Oh, obviously I'm no good. Obviously I have no value. Obviously my work sucks and I do too. And, and that feeling lasted for a little while. In, in some cases, it lasted for uh, five minutes. In some cases, it lasted for an hour. And uh, last week, I got some more bad news uh, about myself. I, had, I failed, actually. I failed something. And that was um, very shocking to me because I'm not usually one who fails. And I did. And that feeling lasted for the rest of that day. It kind of it kind of took me out for the whole afternoon. And when I say took me out, what I mean is it, it just I was unable to really focus on very much because I was so overwhelmed with the emotion that came with the the news. So this thing about staying with someone while they right size, um, keeping each other company when we're drowning in our own experience and awash in our feelings until it can right size. This is really important. Now, what does this have to do with hope or fear? If I had done this show right on the same day or right after receiving that news, while I was still awash in that feeling of being a failure, of being no good, of having no value, um, you would have heard me speaking from a much more fear-based place. I would have done this show um, in a way that reflected that fear that I was feeling or that doubt that those, those events had raised in me. 
but what I I'm glad about is that I didn't do the show right afterwards because it would have been hard to maintain a hopeful stance. Um, but I waited. I waited until I could feel like uh, things were better. I need to give you need to. So this is my my invitation to you as you listen to this is if you've ever had this experience that your work is to actually acknowledge, okay, in this moment, I'm having this response to this news. Um, it's going to feel this way for a little while. Uh, this is a temporary feeling. And I know that what is really true about me is that I do have value, that I am good, that at the heart of me, I'm enough. I do know that. And I can acknowledge at this moment that I don't feel that way. But I know that this feeling is going to pass. And if you can just remember that when that happened, if you can just remember that it's temporary, that you are good, that you are enough, even if you don't feel that way in this moment, that you will feel that way again soon, that, that can be very, very helpful. That's a practice that I use. So if it's helpful to you, then, then take it and use it. Uh, the other thing that happened in this sort of storyline of all of this is that I had asked um, another coach uh, to actually, Linda Sadek, who is also my stepmother, but more importantly is my spirit mother, uh, that's what I call her, and she joined me on a show once too back in, I think, February or March, so you can go into the archives and look for that show if you want to hear her speaking, but I asked her if she would spend a couple of days with me to work on my purpose, my life purpose. So this was a question that I was already engaging myself in. Why am I here now? What is the thing that I'm here to do now? Because as many of you know, I have this work with children that's very, very compelling to me. And I wanted to continue to explore, you know, how might I take that forward in a bigger way than just the one school that we've been working in for uh, this is the third year of our program in, in the school that I'm working in right now. So I asked her to come and, and do some work with me. And in advance of that, she asked me to answer some questions. And uh, that whole process of getting the bad news, um, getting the feedback that I, that I was harsh, and, um, and then her questions that she wanted me to consider before we sat down together, all of this kind of swirling around together um, brought me to a week about three weeks ago where I was working at the school. We were doing power circles for grades three and four. So these are kids who are, I don't know, grade, age seven, eight, and nine, I guess. And I asked these kids in the program, I asked them, what really matters to you? And if you could change something, what would you change? And so I asked them to think about that, and then they created some uh, something that depicted whatever their response to those questions were, and then they presented those creations to each other. That's what we did for one week. By the way, this program cost $60. We put 30 kids through this program for $60, and it took 40 minutes of my time four days in that week. So if you're thinking about power circles for kids and wondering if it's a huge investment, the answer is it can be done very, very simply and be very, very powerful. So I was just, uh, I, I'm just amazed at how we were able to do that on such a small budget, such a small amount of expenditure for such a great return. Anyway, on the night when I had asked them what really mattered to them and to come back the next day and begin to create something, I said, well, I should ask myself the same question. And so I, I dropped the question in that evening. I just dropped it into my awareness. You know, what really matters to me now? 
because everything that I do matters to me right now. I, I love my kids, my work, my, my work with leaders, my work with coaches. I, it, it all matters to me. But what really matters to me now? And the answer that came was um, astonishing but very clear. And I, re- and I went back to school the next day and I said, you know, uh, since I was asking you about this, I thought I'd ask myself as well. Here's what I've come up with. And this is it. This is my vision and this is what matters to me now. That every child on the planet goes to sleep each night knowing they are safe, loved, and enough. That's what really matters to me right now. That's what matters to me right now, probably more than just about anything else. And I feel so blessed because it is this story that I've been telling you throughout this uh, segment of the show that led me to being able to see that, to be able to articulate that, to be able to receive the the message that that is is my vision. Um, And now I have something that can kind of guide me as I go forward from here. Because without that, I just say yes to everything. Everything feels important. Everything feels purposeful. Um, all of the things that I'm invited to do are, are so much fun for me to do. But this is what I really want. I want every child on this planet, ultimately, to go to sleep each night knowing that they are safe, loved, and enough. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. I read the paper every day and uh, I could get consumed by quite a bit of fear and despair and I could drop this vision easily because my rational mind could say, never going to happen, forget about it, you can't do that. But I'm choosing again to live with hope and in this moment my hope is that any progress that I can help make towards that vision coming into reality is going to be of service, is going to be useful. And so I'm choosing to stand in hope as I, as I uh, continue to go forward with that vision as my beacon, I guess, or, or North Star or guiding light. So I've got a bit more to tell you, and we're heading into a break, and I haven't had any callers yet, but that doesn't surprise me. I know most of you listen afterwards, but I want to make this offer to you. If you want to talk with me more about hope and fear, um, you can call in at one 346 9141 if you're listening live after the break, or you can send me an email, and uh, my email address is shameen, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at anjaliliadership.com. So we're going to head to a break now. When we come back, a little bit more on hope versus fear. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shameen Sadiq, your host. And today we're talking about hope and fear. Well, we're talking about hope and fear. Actually, I'm talking about hope and fear, but I I trust that even though none of you have called me to talk with me about it, that um, we're in a conversation together. Before we jump back in, though, let me tell you about something that's coming up here in Toronto. Um, If you're a member of the Leadership Circle community in Toronto or anywhere nearby, and you can be here on Tuesday, November the 18th, we are having a free, free lunch and learn that day from noon until 3 p.m. That's Tuesday, November the 18th at the Pantages Hotel in uh, downtown Toronto. It's hosted by Mike O'Connor from the Leadership Circle and myself, and it will include um, some updates, some some bringing you up to speed on all the new developments at the Leadership Circle, uh, a yummy lunch that we'll enjoy together, and then, most fun, uh, an hour of practicing debriefings at the end of, the, at the end of our time together. So if you want to get a chance to practice uh, doing Leadership Circle, profile debriefings you will really love this so bring your profile with you because um, we're going to ask you to use your own profiles and um, and let Mike know if you'd like to come you can reach him at michael.oconnor at fcg-global.com or you can call him at 704-231-7805 and let him know I think we have a few spaces left we can hold up to 40 people in host up to 40 people in our room that we have booked that day so let us know if you'd like to join us a wonderful opportunity and as I said it's free Um, well who said there's no such thing as a free lunch there is there is such thing as a free lunch at least with the leadership circle there is 
And on the Leadership Circle front, I'm also teaching a Leadership Circle Profile Certification the next days after that day. So November 19th to 21st here in Toronto. If you are an executive coach, if you work in HR, if you are an OD or L&D professional and you work with human beings um, who are in leadership roles or cultivating their leadership in organizations, you will love this framework these models and the powerful instruments and assessments that we have to teach you uh, to use and certify you to use. So go to theleadershipcircle.com for more information and to register. You still have time. You have to do your own 360 before you come to the session. So um, you still have time to do that if if you'd like to join us in Toronto. Okay, back to what we were talking about before the break, hope and fear, and I was sharing my own story. And I shared my vision before the break. Um, I'll say it again, and the more times I say it out loud, the easier it is to say it. The first few times I said it out loud, I would burst into tears, uh, which is always a good sign. It tells me that I'm on to something that really matters to me. And so my vision is that every child on the planet goes to sleep each night knowing they are safe, safe, loved and enough safe loved and enough and I think that there are many 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 ways in which I can bring this vision into being and many ways that um, those of you who are inspired to join with me to do that can do so Uh, the Dalai Lama says we must educate our young children in the practice of compassion on a worldwide scale I have to say I couldn't agree with that more we must educate our young children in the practice of compassion on a worldwide scale. If there was ever a time when we need to learn to practice compassion, it would be now. Any glance at the headlines of a newspaper uh, can remind you of why this is so important. Today I was at a business meeting with um, a new client and she was talking about the culture of of fear, the culture of command and control, the culture of um, fake, um, the culture of mistrust and put-downs and showcasing and silo mentality that exists in her organization. Guess what? She's not the only one. I speak to many of you every day who work and live in those types of cultures and what she is yearning for is compassion, is to be able to to bring the practice of compassion to the workplace not so that everybody can just be nice to each other and be kind of fake and nice no she's talking about real relationship bringing authentic dialogue courageous conversations uh, consciousness a certain level of awareness into our interactions so that we are being with each other with respect treating each other with dignity having compassion instead of feeling good when someone else feels bad or feeling better if somebody else fails that if, if they fail then it makes me better if they do poorly then it means I'm okay uh, I didn't I didn't get cut this time or I didn't uh, get caught this time it's it's just not serving us to operate to continue to operate in this way and the Dalai Lama also says in truth you and I already know each other profoundly as human beings who share the same basic goals we all seek happiness and we do not want suffering hear hear 
we do know each other and we forget all the time that we are fellow human beings, that we, we come from the same family of humanity. It doesn't matter what your race or religion or skin color or beliefs are. We all are part of this great human family. And why do we forget? This feeling in me to work with children has been a long time in the making. And in 2009, I was reading a book about um, the um, situation in Rwanda. I was reading a book that somebody had written about what happened in Rwanda. And it was very distressing to read the stories of what had happened. Um, People who lived right next to each other, turning on each other and, and hacking each other to death and just terrible atrocities that humans perpetrate on each other uh, and I and my mind cannot really comprehend how how we can do that to each other and when I was reading it I felt as if it was happening to my own children I I began to feel this concern and this fear that you know little images little vignettes sort of presenting themselves in my mind of my own child being being torn away from me and being murdered right in front of me these sorts of things um, were sort of coming up for me and I asked myself why do I always feel like when I read about this violence why do I always feel like it's happening to my own children and I ask these questions of myself from time to time and, and, and once in a while I'm blessed with a response. And the response was, it is because it is happening to your own children. They are all your children. And I really took that in. Um, like, all the children are my children. Now, of course they're not. I didn't give birth to all the children. <laughs> I, I realize that. But there is this feeling of mothering and being um, a mother that is very strong in me and I think it has a lot to do with my life purpose and a poem came to me right after this this conversation that I was having with I don't know who I was having it with with life with the universe with God with the earth with spirit call it whatever you want I was I was conversing with something larger than myself that I know we all belong to and the message was yeah you you are um, you are the, the great mother of all these children. And so this poem came, which I want to share with you. Uh, so here it is. Uh, because the question is, does God weep? That was my question. Does God weep when, when he sees what we're doing to each other? Or does spirit weep? We could call it that if we wanted to be non-denominational about it. My children, I weep when I see you forgetting who you are. You are brothers and sisters. The divine spirit shines brightly upon and within you. Alas, you cannot see it when you are blinded by fear and confusion. When you murder, you are killing us all. You have forgotten our birthright, which is to live with love, joy, and happiness. The time is now, so hasten to tear off the masks which blind you to the joining that is longed for. My children, I weep. And my vision is that every child on the planet goes to sleep each night knowing they are safe, loved, and enough. What if we could live our life from hope? What if we could set our fear to the side, remember that we are enough, remember that we are part of the same human family, and choose 
love, choose joy, choose happiness. What if we actually could do that? As I even say it, I can hear the rational part of me poo-pooing the whole idea. What are you talking about? This is all soft stuff. What does this have to do with economics and business performance and and the reality of the world? And yet, I'm still going to say it. What if we chose to live with joy, love, connection, joining? What would be different? And so, to bring our show to a close today, let me say this. There are two things that I think... um, there are more than two things that I think are important, but there are two that I, I want to say right now. One is partnership. Uh, partnership. We can actually partner with each other in uh, an equal way, in a giving and receiving. One doesn't have to be more or less than the other to partner. I The same day that I was walking in the woods with the pictures of the trees... I came across two trees and one had a a V-shape and the other tree was leaning right into that V-shape. And the poem that came was this. Although neither stands straight and solid, we are here to lean into and be leaned upon. Today, I relax into your embrace. Tomorrow, you ask for my counsel, both loving that we have found each other. So what if we could create partnership? Even in our closest circles with your spouse, with your children, with the teacher at the school that teaches your child, with your coworker, with your boss. Could you transform your relationship from fear to hope by partnering, by joining, by leaning into each other, by coming into um, equal relationship? And then the other is um, is a little bit more fierce. <laughs> it, it's a poem that came to me on a, a very special day. I was speaking with one of my friends, and he pulled out his copy of Hafiz. He randomly opened it to a page and read me the poem that was there. And the poem had to do with um, being shy. And Hafiz was saying, this is not the time to be shy. Um, please don't be shy. And so <laughs> I took that and thought about it for a little while and this poem came which I want to share with you this is the last poem that I'm going to share today it is it is something that came to me um I I can't really say that I wrote it but I think I wrote it in partnership with spirit and it's called the earth poem and it's for anyone who's ever been shy and been afraid to speak their truth um I share this because the same is true for me Even reading this on the radio feels really risky. Saying some of the things that I've said today feels really risky. I feel like there's a possibility that people won't like it. And you know what? It is my truth. I stand for hope. I sometimes live with fear. I'm choosing hope. And so here's my poem, the earth poem. Surrender, surrender, dear one. Allow me to hold you. Revel in the beauty of the mother. All that you seek is here for you. No more need for striving. There is nothing to push forward. Take leave of your fears now. You are home. Dear one, follow only this, the joy, the sweetness, the love, the passion. Dance with utter abandon and sensual wildness. Why not? Why not? Your shyness does not serve the world. This is the dawn of the fierce love. Gather your tribe and dance with furious passion. This is what we need now. You are the ones we have waited for. It is time to come home. 
And so I leave you with my invitation to choose hope, to acknowledge fear and let fear have its way with you for a short time, as much time as is necessary, and then to remember who you really are, what really matters, that you are enough, and to choose um, joy and hope and passion and let that take you towards whatever really matters to you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week for more stories from the heart of leadership. I wish you the best, and I hope to hear from you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Oh, 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 oh,